The Battle of Atlanta, one of the most influential battles in the whole of the American Civil War. It happened on July 22nd, 1864, and it set the stage for the abolishment of slavery and Abraham Lincoln's re-election campaign that November. I'm Lily Aronsoff, and this is the History Buffs Corner. But before we can actually start talking about the battle itself, we have to talk about why there was a battle in the first place and the people who were involved. The Battle of Atlanta, or the Atlanta Campaign, takes place around the end of the war. The American Civil War lasted from 1861 to 1865, and the Atlanta Campaign took place from July to September 1864. The main people who are involved is the Union Army, or the North, and the Confederate Army, which is the South. The general for the Union Army is William T. Sherman, and his cavalry commander, James B. McPherson, who will be important figures later on. The Confederate general was Joseph Johnston, but on July 17th, he was actually replaced by John Bell Hood. This is a big mistake. Some context on Joseph Johnston, he became a full general after his victory at the First Battle of Bull Run, or Manassas, and the Battle of Bull Run was around July in 1861. He was then offended that he was a full general but still below others, and had a feud with the then President of the Confederacy. He was then charged with defending Atlanta, which was the largest industrial, logistical, and administrative center for the Confederacy. Atlanta was at the junction of four major railroads that connected all remaining Confederate-held territory east of the Mississippi River. So anyway, John Bell Hood is now in charge of the Confederate Army, and his cavalry commander is General Wheeler. The goal of the Atlanta campaign was for the Union to take a Confederate city. By mid-July, Sherman and his forces had pushed Johnston, the old Confederate leader, all the way back to the outskirts of the city of Atlanta. But then, on the 18th of July, they had replaced Johnston with John Bell Hood, and now he will take over as general. This is a big mistake, though. Then, on the 19th of July, is the Battle of Greenboat Creek, and the 20th is the Battle of Peachtree Hill. Peachtree Hill is significant because it was Hood's first attempt at trying to push the Union away from the city of Atlanta. He tries to attack a small portion of the Union army, as he knows he doesn't have the manpower to take on the whole army. On the 21st, there's a battle for Bald Hill where Claiborne, a Confederate general who will be very important later on, is in charge, but is no match for seven Union divisions. So the Confederates retreat once more, setting the scene for the Battle of Atlanta. On the morning of the 22nd, General Sherman approaches Copen Hill, or what they would have called back in the day, Howard House. Sherman then looks to the west, and he can see Confederates moving south through the city. He assumes the Confederates are leaving the city. He orders his men to push on and attack, since there isn't anyone there to attack you back. But 
Sherman is wrong. The Confederates are not retreating. They're actually part of Hardy's Corps, and they're moving south in order to flank the Union Army. But since Sherman urged the Union Army to move forward, Hardy's plan won't work, and we'll see that in a second. McPherson, the Union Cavalry Commander, is in charge of the 15th, 16th, and 17th Corps, who are all lined up facing the Confederate Army, but there's not enough space for the 16th Corps. So Sherman orders them to destroy the Augusta Railroad, but McPherson protests. He says no one is protecting my left flank because other troops or his former left flank are destroying another railroad. So Sherman sends the 16th Corps to protect his left flank, but he says if nothing happens by noon, the 16th Corps are out of here. They're going to destroy railroads. Coincidentally, at noon, the Confederates attacked the left flank. But guess who's guarding it? The 16th Corps. The Confederate attack is a four-pronged attack. Bate, Walker, Claiborne from before, and Maney attack the 16th and 17th Corps. Walker actually ends up getting killed in battle, and Bate and Walker's attack ultimately end in defeat. Maney's army actually got stuck in a pond, so they're going to be around an hour late to the party. So, Claiborne attacks. He manages to break through the 16th and 17th Corps, bending the Union line. McPherson actually rides over to see what all the commotion is, but runs into Maney's one hour behind men. Reports say that he tipped his hat in salute, then started riding back to safety. Unfortunately, though, he gets shot in the back and dies shortly afterwards. Fun fact, McPherson was actually the only US Army commander killed during the entire Civil War. With McPherson dead, General Logan steps up to take his place. He actually does a great job in the Battle of Atlanta, but once this is all over, he actually gets no credit, and Sherman doesn't even acknowledge how good of a job he did. But this will come back to bite Sherman later on. Finally, after an hour, Maney joins the party and attacks the other side of the 17th Corps. But because he was an hour late, his arrival doesn't really do anything. While this is all going on, Hood, the Confederate general, is in Oakland Cemetery and he decides to attack the center of the Union Army, paying little attention to the fact that Hardy's plan failed, so the Confederates march along the railroad and head for the 15th Corps the center of the Union Army. What happens next is called the Breakthrough, where the Confederates literally break through the railroads and start attacking the center of the Union Army, or the 15th and 17th Corps. Sherman, who's watching this all unfold, then turns to one of his subordinates, Sheffield, and says, bring me every gun you've got, gun meaning cannon. He manages to muster up 23 cannons and they shoot them directly at the flank of the attacking Confederate soldiers. This inflicts heavy casualties and halts their surge. But the Confederates then launch a counterattack and restore their lines. The fighting then continues for the rest of the afternoon until the Confederates are pushed back to the outskirts of the city of Atlanta. As a result of the Union lines stabling on both fronts, the Confederate casualty level starts rising to an unacceptable level and Hood calls off the attack, ending the Battle of Atlanta. Hood, only being on the job for one week, managed to lose around 5,500 men, 
with the Union only losing around 3,500. Sherman ends up winning the Battle of Atlanta, but the Confederates still have the city, so the whole objective of the Atlanta campaign has not been reached yet. But seven days after the battle, on the 27th, Sherman tries again against the city. He attacks the west side to cut off the Mackin and Western Railroad, which earns another Union victory. But both armies are tired, and they can't win a war of attrition, so they fall into a siege that'll inevitably last until the 1st of December, which was, fun fact, a few days ago. During the siege, the Union forces send troops into the Battle of Edgewood Church and the Battle of Utroy Creek, but these don't do much for the campaign as a whole. Then, not long after that, Sherman sends six corps to the Battle of Jonesboro. Keep in mind, one corps is around 36,000 men. That just shows how big the Union army was, that Sherman could just dispense six corps at a drop of a hat and still have at least three to four defending the Union army. The Battle of Jonesboro is where the Union smashed the Confederates. The Battle of Jonesboro also happens around the end of August. So as soon as the Confederates lose this, they pretty much just surrender. During the siege, the Union also continually shell the city and they send in raids of infantry and cavalry, including McCook's Raid and Stoneman's Raid, but were both defeated by the Confederates under General Wheeler. The shelling and raids were meant to cut off supply lines from the west and south. Then, on the 1st of September, the Union Army managed to march into the city after the Battle of Jonesboro. And on their arrival, the mayor of Atlanta actually puts his hand up in the air, surrenders, and just lets Sherman take the city. Sherman then says, Atlanta is ours, and fairly won. So, the Union finally take the city. But they don't just use the city or have the city, they destroy the city. Full on raise the city to the ground, there was nothing left after they had finished with it. I'm sure you're wondering why they would raise this perfectly fine city to the ground. But systematically destroying the city would prevent the Confederates from regaining it and their railroads which are important to the stability of the Confederacy as a whole. Atlanta was a major strategic outpost for the Confederacy. It served as a railroad, supply depot, manufacturing hub, and capturing the city severely threatened the Confederacy's stability. The capture of such an important city boosted the Northern's morale, and also helped in Abraham Lincoln's re-election campaign in the November. Thank you guys so much for listening to my latest episode. I hope you guys liked it, and if you did, don't forget to like and subscribe, and check out my Instagram for more historical fun facts and content. I'm Lily Aronza, and this is the History Buffs Corner. <laughs>